this may not be what the creators intended, but like it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no. Never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm... Oh, I didn't come up with a good one for this one. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm, uh... I'm covered in lice, and my underpants are full of mice, and there's cockroaches in my kitchen, and I'm Evan. We need to break up. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> I'm here for an awkward moment. <laughs> Uh, with all of you listeners as well. Not, I don't even have anything to say about Gallivan. I don't, I don't I'm, want Evans, Mices, and Lices. Yeah, well, I, I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what marriage is all about, Andy. I hate to break it to you. It's about accepting people where they are with all of their Mices and Lices. We can stay together. We're just going to get you some... some mice... some lice begone. You gotta stuff. stay together yeah. for the mice. You gotta be <laughs> friends with my underwear mice. No, no. Okay. If you uh, want to be my lover, you got to get with my mice. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by this rodent and flea infested intro, uh, Ending Fending is a podcast where we discuss... Uh, and, uh, fuck. Ending Pending is a podcast where we discuss television shows which have only lasted for a single season. Except when we don't. Except when I make us break the rules. We are currently covering ABCs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck yeah. ABCs, two-season extravaganza gallivant. But before we get into that, I have a question for everyone. Oh, is it more serious than a bit? What? Oh, yeah, the shit, question. it's a bit. Oh. It's a bit. It's a bit. Was, it's what's a bit. the question, man? Yeah, what's the question? Um... What was your favorite Weird Al Yankovic song when you were 13? And what is your favorite Weird Al Yankovic song now as a 30-something? Oh, no, I'm not good at music. I think, um, the, only, I think the only one I knew as a child was the Star Wars parody one. There's more than one, but I'm oh, assuming Jesus. you mean the saga begins. Uh, the one that's the American Pie. American Pie, yeah, yeah the American Pie. Yeah, party. it's very good. It's a good song. Yeah, that was the only one I knew as as like a little kid. So I'm mm-hmm. gonna have to say that one. Mm-hmm. Um, what about now as an adult? Oh yes, go ahead. How have you changed? How have you grown? I still don't know a lot of Weird Al songs. Give me a minute. Come back to me. Sure. Somebody else get there first. I know I know several of them like vaguely, but I got to look up what they're called. Go, Ronnie. There's uh off of uh Straight Out of Linwood, um which probably came out around this time. Yeah, yeah, that would that I'd be about 13 at that one, maybe even a little younger. Weird Al uh did uh Confessions Part 3 which was a play on Confessions Part 2 by Usher, where Usher is, like, giving all the confessions to their to his partner of, of the way he's cheated and stuff like that. Um, and the Weird Al version is just so good. It's just so very funny. It, he talks... <laughs> just the one line that pops into my head constantly is... Like, remember when I told you I knew Polly Shore? Polly Shore? That's a lie. I don't know what I said that for. <laughs> it's just, it's very good. Um, and that just, that, for some reason, that line just comes in my head all the time. Um, uh, and now I think my favorite is Saga Begins. It's um, so good. I could, I, I, I I annoy my family with how often I all of a sudden just put on Saga Begins and everyone has to be like, is this, is this American Pie? And then quickly they realize, nope, 
nope, of course it is. Saga begins again. It's real good. There's a very good Force Friends rewatch episode that talks about uh, Saga begins quite a bit. There is. I, I, I and I'm quoted in that as that is my first real touch point with Star Wars, uh, and and how I was spoiled for mm. the for the big Star Wars spoiler. Yes, for the very big Star Wars spoiler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. So probably my favorite Weird Al song growing up was a complicated song. Uh, I just thought it was really funny. Like, I, too, love eating too much pizza and then regret it. So, like, that's kind of been a a real uh, cornerstone of my existence in this life is being very excited to eat pizza, eating too much, and then regretting it. Um, that or the Spider-Man Piano Man song. I'm blanking on the name of it, but uh, also a banger. Uh, and the reason why I would probably say those two songs were my favorite Weird Al songs when I was like 13 is because everyone said their favorite song was, uh, Saga Begins and I wanted to be like cool and different and mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. name some of, name some of Weird Al's like lesser known stuff. And everyone was like, Saga Begins or White and Nerdy or like yeah. everyone's two favorites. And uh, I didn't want to be like everyone else. Um... <laughs> My favorite song now as an adult, though, I can I can very uh, confidently say is A Saga Begins. And it's, uh, you know, I don't need to be original. I can just say what my favorite is and not <laughs> try and be cool by naming one of Weird Al's uh, more obscure works, even though I still do love both those songs. The one I had arrived at, which is, like, also, like, again... I, I don't listen to a lot of Weird Al songs, but like White and Nerdy is good. It is good. It's really funny. There's a lot of good jokes There's in there. There's a lot of so. really solid jokes in yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I love people sharing their Weird Al songs because I I I think as a child I considered my I either didn't know enough about Weird Al or I considered myself too cool for Weird Al. Um and like so I really didn't like get into weird al till late point and even then it was just like scratching the surface so there's like troves of weird al that i've never even heard of that like all of most of what you've just said i'm like looking at the lyrics now i'm like oh this is this is fun this is great this is my this is the rest of my week are you looking at spider-man or are you looking at complicated i'm looking i looked at complicated that was very fun now i'm looking to uh ode to a superhero um the, the the Billy Joel parody. Sling us a web, you're the Spider-Man. It's so, so good. There's there's something about it it's it's I, I guess it's the storytelling nature of what Weird Al does because I really dislike parody music as a comedy genre. Um as I, someone I, who grew up being forced to listen to the Christian Weird Al sure, very yes. much. <laughs> yes, I feel yes. you on that. Yeah. It is it is without exception, except for the one exception, which is Weird Al. It is, hey, here's the song that you know. Here's the joke. And the song is three minutes long, so we're just going to repeat this same joke for three minutes straight. Like, it doesn't, mm-hmm. there's no real growth or, or crescendo in it. It's just, I, I can think of several, yes, uh, I, I think the the um, Christian uh versions of songs is really what soured me on it but like country music does a lot of of like parodies of pop songs but with like you know real down home ever man kind of uh complexity to it uh and it's just i have real problems unlike taylor swift or whatever but they're making millions of dollars yeah it feel i mean it's not punching down but it just it feels kind of punching down a lot of the times and it just feels like I get the joke. Like do do the intro of the song and then move on or write your own music. The only exception I feel like to that is Mr. Weird Al. And I don't I guess it is just that narrative structure that every line is a good joke. There's actually like 
comedy in there. Maybe he's just the only one doing it well. Maybe he's not doing anything different. Maybe he's just doing a good job of it, and everyone else sucks uh, tremendously. Uh, I believe, too, that Weird Al asks permission from the original artist to Mm. do it, which feels uh, important. Like, I I understand the nature of um, parody. Like, you don't necessarily need to do that, but... Uh, you know, like transformative work is important, and and being able to like parody stuff is important. But the fact that Weird Al does go out of his way to be like as genuinely kind-hearted as possible yeah. to everyone involved uh, makes it uh, feel good. Um, I, I think that's I, probably an element too. Is like when I say punching down, I don't mean like punching down at multi-millionaire Taylor Swift. I mean yeah, punching yeah. down at people who like enjoy taylor swift's music or enjoy Mm -hmm. you know uh uh uh, rap and hip-hop which is often like aped by the country music uh community um like it just it feels very like the parody is on the genre or on the the commentary is on the music itself as opposed to like you said being a truly transformative work i Uh, do have to uh shout out the christian weird al which was uh, the Apologetics, if I'm remembering their name correctly. And uh, they only had two good songs. All of their songs were bad, but these two. Uh, Drop of Lucifer, which was a play on Drops of Jupiter. That sound that sounds sexual. I don't know. I've yeah. never heard this song. It's about it's, it's about it's about Lucifer but, being cast out of heaven, uh, and it 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 was it ruled. <laughs> and uh the devil went oh, down man. the devil went down to jordan which was a play oh, on the God. devil went down to uh-uh, georgia uh-uh, uh-uh. and it, and it. is uh about satan tempting jesus in the desert for 40 days first uh, of all, a that. lent first of that all i dislike <laughs> and they are the only they are the only two good Mm-mm. apologetic songs i have not listened to them since i was like 12 <laughs> years old i doubt they hold up but <laughs> Uh, that was the edgiest that the apologetics could get because both those songs talked about Satan. Uh, the Devil Went Down to Georgia is absolutely unfuckwithable. It is so, a perfect song. Th- th- like, there is are, no. Are we going to play no, that at our wedding? There I feel is like no we version of that song that is acceptable besides uh, the original. Sure. Version. Yeah. Um,. Okay, I've heard can play that at our wedding. I've heard like a metal version that was very good. You can mm. do people have done some fun stuff. I, I people, have have, never, people have done some fun stuff with that song. I've never heard The Devil Went Down to Georgia and thought, you know what? This could be marginally improved by changing something about it. I've never thought that. It is perfect in every way. Mm-hmm. So That's because no, it is no a need. It is autobiographical by Mr. Charlie Daniels about the one time that he met the <laughs> devil in Georgia. And like, what, what? Every time someone does something different, it's like, whoa, were you there? Were you there with that golden fiddle? No, it was me, Charlie Daniels. Lucifer himself determined the, uh, the content of this song. And who are you to argue, mortal? Weird Al has a spoof on it. Uh, the devil they- went down to Jamaica. Mm, that's probably good i don't know i'm not convinced i would say that the uh tenacious d song tribute uh which is a a tongue-in-cheek tribute to the devil went down to georgia is a good song because it does not try and recreate the song at all yes talks about it yeah and that is a fun song Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he's just reading the lyrics i um i would bet good money that this is not one of weird isle's stronger tracks no, it uh, it seems weak. It seems weak. What also, did I say? What if, did I say? It's, it's unfuckwithable. If it's a real, real classic Weird Al and it's about Jamaica, I don't fully trust that Mr. Al yeah. didn't try and do a Jamaican accent in there. Mm. Not 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 making a, a, a broad assumption there, but making a tiny yeah. one. The man is not without sin. He's a good dude. He's well-intended. Yeah. He's, yeah. uh, I, 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 I truly believe that uh, he only ever intended for himself to be the butt of his own jokes, which is what makes them work. But yeah, he, he certainly made some decisions in, say, the 90s. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
you know, maybe we should just leave some of those alone. <laughs> Weird Al's great, though. I no, fucking love is. Weird Al. Yeah, yeah no, Weird that Al's was great. not. Yeah. I was not. Oh no, no, I, him, I, yeah. I, I did say you were. I'm just, I'm just moving it along to say that Weird Al's great. Hey, mm-hmm. Al, if you want to come on the podcast, uh, <laughs> have your people call our people. We'd, lo- we'd love to have you on. Uh, the reason we're talking about Weird Al is because he's in Gallivant. I don't know if y'all knew this. Oh, uh, was that Weird Al? <laughs> that was a joke. That was a Good joke. joke. That was a little jokey joke. Good joke. Love that. Andy, genuinely, sometimes you don't notice things, so I couldn't tell if you were joking or not. No, I, I I know who Mr. Al is. No, I know you know who he is. But... Or Mr. Weird. I guess this is Mr. Weird. Mr. <laughs> Anyway, you should listen to the Force Friends episode that's about Star Wars parody songs, because uh, it's a great episode. It's just a little little shameless self-plug there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's maybe one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Uh, it's very fun. It's one, it's one of our weirder ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, as, as the person who edited it, it was a ton of fun to edit. Um, and uh, I learned a lot about Star Wars music. Not music in Star Wars, but music about Star Wars. Um, but that's a different podcast that you should definitely that is a different to. podcast. You should definitely visit wheretheymay.com and, and uh, you can uh, find that podcast and more from the Where They May Radio Podcast Network. But let's talk about this show. We watched uh, four episodes of Galavan. Evan. We're covering this in a real bad way, by the way. <laughs> yeah, there I were realized... eight episodes in season season one. And oh, we did I was wondering three if eight, if eight and then was the four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we fucked up, guys. We should have done four and four, but we for yeah. some reason did not do that. Um. So, but I mean, we we'll we'll just wrap eight into season two. We'll we'll parse out the mm-hmm. episodes. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, we watched episodes four, five, six, and seven of season one. Episode four is called Comedy Gold. The gang, you will recall, is on their way to King Richard with differing motives. Gallivant thinks his ex-girlfriend has regrets about marrying the king, and so he's going to win her back. Uh, so Isabel is uh, intending to betray gallivant to the king to save her parents and uh sydney's just just along along for the the trip they encounter a group of landlocked pirates their their boat has gotten stuck on the side of a hill and so they've just adapted to life on land they just put up a a a mast in their camp and uh they've started growing a vegetable garden they Attempt to rob Gallivant and Sid and Isabel, uh, but ultimately the gang convinces them that if they all work together, they can get their ship down uh, off the mountain and everything will be fine. They help the silly pirates get their ship down and then they carry on towards King Richard. King Richard, meanwhile, is trying to do more stuff to uh, get Madalena to have sex with him. He realizes that she's having sex with the jester which doesn't go well for the person who reveals that to him. But he's like, oh, I know. I just have to be funny. I have to be funny, and she will want to have sex with me. He attempts to be funny. He attempts to do a comedy show. She still does not want to have sex with him. She uh, also throws the jester who she has been banging into the dungeon. Episode 5. The gang is almost at King Richard's place. Now, they stop by at a monastery full of monks. The monks have taken a vow of singing. The abbot, I guess? The, the yeah. main monk. The primary monk. Abbot sounds right. Yeah. Abbot sounds like a thing, a rank you can become in monk. Isabella, in the last episode, attempted to confess her uh, forthcoming betrayal to Gallivant. And uh, he zoned out and wasn't paying attention to her. And then she couldn't bring herself to do it again. So uh, she's grappling with the guilt over the fact that uh, she's going to betray him and and get him for sure killed or horribly maimed or something. And she talks to the monks about this. uh, And this is kind of her conflict for the remainder of the episode. They, the gang arrives at King Richard's palace. And of course he knows that they're coming because Isabella is working for him and uh, he throws them 
all in the dungeon. Uh, the B-plot of this one, the chef, you will remember, the, the odd little chef fellow who we like, uh, has a crush on Madalena's handmaiden, Gwen, and Madalena. Uh, convinces the chef to uh, spy on the king for her in exchange for setting him up on a date with her handmaiden. And thusly, Madalena learns that uh, Gallivant is coming. So you will recall that Gallivant, we're in episode six now. I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place with these synopses. <laughs> that was episode five with the Singing Monks. This is episode six, Dungeons and Dragon Lady, which is a bad title. Um, you will, re- will recall that Gallivant is convinced because of... Uh, Isabella's lies that uh, Madalena regrets her choice and is still in love with him. He has to now grapple with encountering her and realizing that she is definitely not still in love with him. He's in denial. Um, he he tries to convince himself that she's still in love with him. Uh, but she is not. She, she offers to uh, get him out of prison, basically, to be her, her, her fuck slave um indefinitely and he considers it but the the i believe the other sid and isabella convince him that like dude dude you're you're lying to yourself she doesn't care about you i know you want her to but but she doesn't and slowly uh he and isabella sort of realize that they have a thing going on ricky gervais is in this episode uh the king goes to him for something uh and we learn that the king has an older brother named kingsley who abdicated the throne to go have adventures and lots of sex and stuff and that's how richard became king because his brother just like fucked off to go have a good time somewhere so that pays off at the end of the episode when Kingsley turns back up and is like, surprise, I know that you're having a whole scheme here. I know that you're running this whole thing where you invaded this country and you got the lady to betray the guy who fucked your wife. Um, but I'm going to be the king now. So leave. Episode seven, my cousin Izzy, uh, Kingsley uh, challenges Richard to a duel and whoever wins gets to be in charge and uh, marry Madalena. Well, I guess they're already married. I guess the winner just gets to have sex with Madalena. I don't know how medieval marriage law works in this silly musical uh, uh, universe. Um, Kingsley, uh, like, dibs is Gareth, who's the, the, uh, the king's bodyguard, Richard's bodyguard as his champion. Richard, like having no other options, gets Gallivant to be his uh, champion on the promise that if Gallivant wins, uh, Richard will let all his friends go. Um, so, meanwhile, they're, they're all they're all prepping for this big duel that's going to happen. Uh, the chef. And Gwen, uh, who are in love but sad about how they're poor and their lives will be miserable, um, plot to poison all of the nobles so that they can uh, scamper off into the the countryside and live lives untroubled by the the nobility, which is honestly a great plan, and they should have done it. But uh, the chef can't bring himself to to do it. Um, so the, the duel does not happen because, uh, the chef gives them foods that will hurt all of their tummies instead. (laughs) And then everyone's too sick to do any dueling. So the, there's, there's no dueling. But um, the Gallivant's big character development moment is that he, like, 
declares his love for Isabella, I believe, is what happens. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. That's all the important stuff in that episode. Uh, and then at the end, um, Richard says, you know what? I'm going to fight my own battle. I don't need a champion anymore. And his brother Kingsley says, well, I'm still going to use my champion. So it'll be Richard oh, yeah. v. Gareth uh, in the finale that we'll cover yeah. next week. That does not. Of... Yeah, that has not happened yet. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, cause we did, cause we did a silly, um, we watched four episodes of, uh, of ABC's Gallivant and you know, I gotta ask it. Hey, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. These four episodes of Gallivant, did they work for you? They sure did. They sure, sure did. Very cool. Very cool. Hey, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Four episodes of Gallivant. Do they work for you? They did, Ronnie. It's good. It's good to know. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did these four songs and their surrounding adventures work in the context of mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. opinions <laughs> I've tried to make it work Ronnie I tried to bring it all back oh, around no I'm impressed I'm impressed yeah. We did a great job, babe. We're such a good team. <laughs> you really wrenched control of that one away from the, the chaos. No buts. In in the context of my opinions, uh, it's working. <laughs> it is still working. Um, I am, I, I don't know, I am wondering, much like what I was talking about earlier, I'm wondering if this joke of the of the music, if it has legs, to continue all the way throughout but i think it, it is not it is not uh wearing on me yet i'm just weary of like musical comedy type things um but it's working these four worked yeah i think these were um a little bit more mixed than the first three i mm -hmm. think the first three were uh three solid hits for me and then these ones were a little bit more of a mixed bag but overall i really enjoyed them still I'm not going to lie, I completely zoned out of the Ricky Gervais episode, because I hate him. I hate yeah. Ricky Gervais. I yeah. hate I, him passionately. I don't know why he was there. That bit all seemed very, like, dis I don't want to, like... Maybe he wasn't an asshole seven years ago, like, as much. There I was mean, definitely sure an was, era but... where, like, Ricky Gervais was among those, like, British comedians, your Stephen Fry's um your tall dude um <laughs> who who was like was funny i mean he, I, he was kind of like bill maher right where he like called out asshole conservatives and, yeah and like people on the left were like oh he's he's on our side because he's calling out these asshole conservatives he was he's, but then he's he, like an outspoken atheist and so people yeah. were like yeah cool an atheist but, but then he was like oh I also hate marginalized people. Yeah. And then we were like, oh, what if you didn't do that? And then he was like, I'm being oppressed. Yeah. And and I'm being silenced. Comedy should offend you. And yeah. and it was just like, dude, you you calling out how much you hate trans people is not the same as you making fun of George W. Bush. Like, that's not the same level. Like, only one of those people did a giant war crime. Crimes. But yeah, he's he sucks. He sucks so bad. He's such a fucking... I'll use a British word. He's such a fucking cunt. I think of yeah. that as an Australian word. 
Is it? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I just I'll, think... I'll speak to him in the language he understands. I, I imagine Australians saying cunt a lot. I, I don't know if that's true. There was definitely an era, and I think maybe this was at the tail end of it, where like Ricky Gervais was not, or, or had not revealed himself yet to be the shithead that he was. And he was kind of, he, he was the, the, you know, the Michael from the office uh, of the British office, very kind of like, you know, harumph. And it was kind of like a, a little bit like a Patton Oswalt type, but for like British sensibilities, I guess, where he like kind of took down, was very opinionated about like, like you said, about like conservative folks, but was also kind of like doofy and doughy and kind of every man. But um, he quickly, quickly eschewed that. And I didn't hate him here. I thought it was fine. I, I, it, it's hard for me to completely look th- look past it, um, but I thought it was fine. It did not. It did not. Was not offensive to my sensibilities as I prepared myself to be uh, with Ricky Gervais being present. Yeah, he he certainly didn't say anything offensive in this sure, episode. Sure, like like his character wasn't offensive. I just saw him and I went, oh ew, and yeah. then I I just thought the character was kind of like uninteresting. I don't mm-hmm. think the character. Uh, Weird Al, I think, added a lot to his episode, and I don't think Ricky Gervais added yeah. much yeah. to sorry his for, episode. Sorry for starting with negatives. I just couldn't tell you one thing that happened in that episode. Yep. Because uh, Ricky Gervais was on screen, and I was gone. The The context of that episode was that uh, Ricky Gervais was a magician named Xanax, and so they kept going to uh, Ricky Gervais to, uh, I, I need Xanax, I, I need... It was like kind of a, a therapy joke, a, a bit like that, and they all had like a an acid trip um, mm-hmm. at Ricky Gervais. It was is a very very convoluted where it's like they were on an acid trip, but then kept making weed references, but also it was the wizard also, was named Xanax. I couldn't tell if that door they were going through was a literal door or a figurative door into like their memory palaces. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 didn't seem to be on drugs when they went through the weird door and the door seemed to physically exist, but then it like took them into memory. I don't know. It, they it's not important. They haven't done anything fantastical to this point, and and mm-hmm. it, they don't. It 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 showed. Um, mm-hmm. it, that episode was just a little clunky. Three rapid fire positives to make up bringing Ricky Gervais up out of out of turn. Uh, one. Uh, Anthony Stewart head is fucking amazing. Galavant's dad, and as always, he elevates every project he is in. Two, uh, the chef and the chef's girlfriend. Um, they do a bit where they sing a song about killing all the rich people, and it's like their romance song. And then they hold hands and they run across the stage together, and that's like one of my fucking favorite musical things. Is when two people sing a song about falling in love and they run the stage together i love it so good three gallivant's moment in the sun song is great it slaps and the joke of it being like constantly interrupted is very funny mm-hmm. i also love that song i uh, uh it, it was like their uh their so far most uh disney protagonist song it reminded me of the prince of egypt uh i want song yeah i mean it wasn't as good as anything in the prince of egypt no but but like that's what it reminded me of. it's it was funny because it was their song that most closely approached like you know the protagonist's song uh but then gallivant kept getting interrupted like just as it was getting to like the what would have been the good part you know just as he was like really starting to get into it the song kept getting interrupted by other things that were happening and it was good that joke did not get stale for me it was Mm -hmm. funny because the song was good and he kept starting it and i was like oh yeah we get to hear we get to hear this heartfelt song from this silly man and then something would happen i'd be like gosh darn i can't (laughs) wait to hear the rest of this song and then he would start again and something else would happen. And I'd be like, oh, dang, Gallivant, I really feel for you, buddy. And then he never got to finish the song. Well, he he does. But it's, he, it, it's only like it, a line long. And it's, then there's, there's nothing, nothing else to yeah, it, nothing. which is just fucking hilarious. His, his um, like big hero song is is empty 
it, it it's saying something about the character. I feel like this is more of like my attraction to a fan fiction trope as opposed to a musical theater trope. But the unlikely pairing of uh, Richard and the jester working together, um, I like that a lot. That was a lot of mm-hmm. fun. Um, the, the King Richard um, trying to learn comedy in the song mm-hmm. uh, Comedy Gold from uh, from the jester. And every time Richard does something that's obviously not funny, um, the jester is just like, no, that's great. That's great. They're going to love it because he doesn't want to get killed. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's very fun at the end of the song, uh, Richard points out like, oh, now I'll be able to, uh, please my wife nearly as much as you do. And he kind of stops. He's like, we have a strange relationship. And I was like, that's fun. (laughs) That's cute. I like it. I'm here for it. Um, Madalena goes full, full girl boss. These episodes. It was fucking I I enjoyed that very much. Uh, absolute gaslight gatekeep girl boss uh energy and i liked her um uh you know i don't love you and i'm incapable of loving anyone but uh please stay here so i can uh fuck you at my leisure song mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> she's great yeah it's it's very funny yes queen yes yes they 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 yassified her as the as the people the as young the people on the say. internet say yeah um what else there's a lot there's a lot to like um the uh the the, the intro song to episode four um is sid and uh isabel and gallivant right before they they meet the pirates talking about how like there's three such good friends they they're great together they they finish each other's sentences da, 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 da. it reminds me a lot of a song from the musical uh, merrily we roll along uh by sondheim of course uh called uh side by side by side uh which is the same thing it's the same vibe of of we're three friends and we each bring our own unique things and we each are here for a different reason but we're all Working together in our own disjointed ways. It was very, uh, very classic musical theater. A lot of the songs in that episode, uh, aside from the uh, pirate shanty, which was also good, but just not not quite classic uh, golden era musical theater. Uh, they, there was a lot of those in that episode. Um, d- there were a lot of uh, like little things that I chortled at mm-hmm. with the pirates. Um, the, the pirates did seem like a little bit out of nowhere though. Yeah. Like the pirates seemed like maybe just like 10 or 15% too silly mm-hmm. relative to the rest of the show. Not, not a deal breaker for me. Not, didn't yeah. like, didn't hate the pirates, but, uh, they did seem a little bit more like, uh, like, a joke for children mm-hmm. than the remainder of the show. Cause as silly as the rest of the show is, it's clearly like, you know, it's got some mature humor elements in it. It's got some tongue in cheek jokes about, you know, whatever workplaces and game of Thrones and things like mm-hmm. that. I have been watching a lot of, uh, a show called Jake and the Neverland pirates, uh, which is like, just other pirates playing like pranks on Captain Hook and stuff like that. It's a children's show, and I very much got Big Jake and the Neverland Pirates vibes from these uh, adult, uh, supposedly scary pirates. Um, um, one I, of the, the 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 best thing about the pirates, though, it made me realize: is there a better lackey name than Carl? Carl is like peak henchman name. I love it so much I, whenever it I, comes up. The name Carl is extremely uh like unfortunate when you spell it with a C, but uh-huh. very cool if you spell it with a K. <laughs> it is there is no pronunciation difference, but you know. The vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you feel the vibe. You know what a man is named Carl with a K. Mm-hmm. versus Carl with a C. And Carl with a C is a silly name that's good for a henchman. The yes. the bit where the captain wants to like talk to Gallivant privately 
So he goes to undo the ropes around Galavant's legs, but his sword is dull. <laughs> so then he like puts the sword down and starts trying to use his hand and he can't get the knot undone. So then he goes and uses his teeth yeah. at yeah. the rope around Galavant's ankles. And Galavant just can't like fucking believe that he's captured by these shitty pirates. And it's so funny. It's just, it's just a, a 10 second bit of physical humor. And it's so good. It tells you everything about the situation. I like these pirates very much. They're great. These are the sort of pirates that Nightcrawler wants to hang out with. Nightcrawler doesn't want to hang out with Black Sails pirates. (laughs) Nightcrawler wants to hang out with Gallivant pirates. Mm -hmm. Or our flag means death pirates. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Oh, there was a funny, there was a funny joke in there where um uh Isabella has this jewel this jewel of Valencia that she's been carrying around that's very valuable and that is continuously in peril and um uh when when they're captured by the pirates i think it's Gallivant is like they're going to find the jewel and she's like they're not going to find the jewel i hit it where they're never going to find it and they immediately find the jewel and um Gallivant's like you put it in your purse like oh, the the so most good. obvious place where the like the first place anyone would look and she's like I hit it with my girl stuff guys never look there they must have sisters <laughs> so funny it was very funny it was just a very very funny little bit that they did throughout the rest of that episode they keep talking about like all the things that are like pirate gear and all the things that they want from them and they keep mentioning and the lady stuff uh, and everyone's like why do you need the lady stuff what why why does that keep coming up um it's very good it's very funny um in the flashback um where richard is first knighted as king the uh whoever it is the queen or, or somebody at the time uh says and Gareth, you'll be his knight. You'll be his like bodyguard or his right hand or whatever. And a little bald boy who's dressed exactly like Gareth is old steps forward and goes, well, I'm only 10, but all right. <laughs> and just walks alongside <laughs> of them. That, it's, it's... that child looks exactly like the grown man yes. who plays Gareth. Yes. I mean, beyond beyond just being dressed like him and having the same haircut... Somehow they found a child that looked exactly like a miniature version of that man. It was it was very mm-hmm. good. It was very it good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weird Al was so good. We Weird Al was great. About Weird Al. Weird Al was so good. He's so he's so fun. The monks took a vow of singing, and it was very good. He he did the song for the monks also. Clearly, like it was it was a quintessentially sure. Weird Al song and it was very funny mm-hmm. um, also i know i already mentioned it but anthony stewart head is in this remind me what else anthony stewart head is in he is in repo the genetic opera he is in merlin he is in buffy the vampire slayer gotcha, gotcha. uh he's in a couple of episodes of doctor who i believe uh he's he's just a uh a very talented man who's in a lot of like camp sort of like genre shows um also featured in these episodes uh richard's brother is played by uh famous action movie star rutger hauer um who you might know from the original uh blade runner um you might know from sin city uh he was in a couple of episodes of smallville um but what you probably know him for is as the voice of master xehanort in kingdom hearts 3 um no that was that was the credit that i most uh i was like oh okay i know he was let me look it up again it was not a ton of episodes i don't believe but um. Uh, 
uh, that guy definitely did look familiar to me. I could not yeah. have placed him in something though. I, I I had to look it up. Uh, I didn't I didn't know it off the top of my head, but I knew I it, it was it was somebody like that. He he looked like and I've um he looked like a a Anthony Hopkins, and I was like that that's not Anthony Hopkins, uh, and it wasn't. It was Rutger Hauer. Um, nope, I'm too far back. Smallville. Oh, there you go. Uh, Morgan Edge. Yeah, I was just rewatching those episodes. Okay, yeah. Yep, he was Morgan Edge. He was he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer the movie. Doesn't look like he was in the series. <laughs> He's great um, as Morgan Edge. He gets a bunch of scenes with Lionel Luther and gets to be like really sinister. Yeah, classic, classic bad dude. And apparently, uh, was pretty hot back in the day so good for him yeah you love to see it you love to see it um so yeah cool cool cameos all around uh except for ricky gervais which was a unfortunate but fine cameo Mm -hmm. um love is strange was a song at the end of episode five it was uh uh Gallivant and Isabel kind of like talking about love which like comes up in the following episode cuz they don't uh Gallivant will not say like I love you like they just kind of keep dancing around it and this song is all about just talking about love and how love is love is weird love is like gross and smelly and they're talking about each other love snores and love uh babbles too much when they sl- when they sleep um it was just an objectively good song. It was very uh, musical theater, very, very like Disney levels of Alan Menken love song kind of thing. More of the same of what we had talked about last time of like heterosexual couple realizes that their faults may be okay enough to mate with. Uh, but it was a cuter song this time. Enjoyed it a lot more. And they also did a fun bit where it didn't, it didn't, wasn't uh uh, continuous it didn't didn't play in the next episode but um in very musical theater fashion isabel and um gallivant who are in uh adjoining cells not the same cell they throw open their cell and talk and like sing to each other on the makeshift stage in the center of this like um omnopticon omni omnopticon panopticon Panop- yeah of yeah. Of, of, a, of a dungeon and uh he uh, looks at the after the song's done. He kind of looks at his uh, cell door and he's like, "Is this? Are these all unlocked?" And everyone pushes open their cells. Like, did no one think to check? It was just a very, very funny moment. All of yeah. Isabella's parents like running commentary on the events is very funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're constantly <laughs> cracking jokes, and <laughs> the the joke where the jester steals the keys from a guard and then Sid is like. Oh shit! We should have done this when Gallivant was still alive. <laughs> uh, is really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Isabella's parents keep doing like sort of weird, random, incongruous things, and their excuse is always, "We we've been imprisoned for a really long time." <laughs> like they, <laughs> um, the king convinces them to like get under a table and pretend to be severed heads so that he can like pull the cloches off the 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 platters and reveal what appears to be her parents severed heads to Isabella and he does and she screams and he's like oh I'm just kidding they're not dead and she's like mom dad what why did you do why did you get under the table when he told you to and they were like Look, honey, we've been in prison for a really long time. We thought it'd be funny, and we (laughs) realize it's not now. We're seeing this now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's fun. It's fun. It's just a fun time. Nothing nothing is requiring you to think too hard or work too hard. The songs are, like we said last time, just unsophisticated enough that you can kind of, like, sit in them or or bounce right off of them, and they're fine. And it's just, it's, it's good times. I will say, I haven't been super invested in the chef handmaiden plot line. 
uh, I don't care about Gwen, but the yeah. this this guy playing the chef just tickles me. He's the guy, extremely the, compelling. He's very good. Yeah, I don't care about uh, Gwen. I don't. I don't think that she's interesting at all. Sorry, lady playing Gwen. Uh, that uh, that little song they did about their um, miserable poxy uh, rat infested lives as uh, medieval peasants was uh kind of funny uh mm-hmm. there were some there were some some jokes in there that landed the thing about we'll have at least 12 kids and maybe one won't die yeah uh, that was good that was, that was funny um but yeah i i do agree with you i'm not really invested in the romance i think they just needed something for the chef to do so he could be more involved in stuff mm-hmm. and i'm glad for that that guy playing the chef just has he it's not any of his jokes specifically that are uh like really knee slappers. The the thing in the beginning where he was like, "Yep, you've killed my father. Yep, you've killed yep. my grandfather. Killed him dead." Like that that whole thing was good. But like his affect is just yeah. very funny. This like weird little like twitchy um like terrified but in good spirits uh like thing that he is doing really works for me impossible to verbally describe yeah. in a way that is funny but he's just he's just so compelling this little dude it is uh he fits very well into this era this genre this like it is as far as like a musical like um comic relief but also very monty python-esque um and even like a little bit mel brooksian like like uh, he he fits very well into each piece of this and so it's like a real nice tie that binds it all together yeah i agree with you i initially didn't care for the romance with the chef and gwen gwen uh but i because like at first gwen was like we can't be together because the rich will keep us apart and i'd rather not like get involved but her he'll turn to like let's poison everyone sure. i was fucking here for that mm-hmm. yeah i w- and and i wish they leaned into it a bit harder like i wanted it to be um a little priest i don't know if you know that song from sweeney todd where they talk about all the different uh, occupations they will be killing and cooking into pies and what they would taste like based on their occupation it's an excellent song if you like puns um I, w- I wanted more of that. I wanted, I wanted, uh, and maybe that's what this show is. It's just like, it's, it's musical theater, but it's just like, it's the icing on musical theater. It's just like the veneer of it. It's, you know, if you really want to go see a musical, that's on you. Um, but I, I do wish they leaned a little harder into it. He's a Muppet. That's what it is. Yeah. The, the chef is a Muppet. If you imagine like Muppets, they have to act with their little Muppet bodies, mm-hmm. and it's just like a guy sort of like wiggling his hand around in a very specific way. That's what the chef's got going on. He's got like a sort of physical uh, uh, chefness that he embodies he, as he's he, as he's doddering around. He he does look exactly like if Kermit the Frog sure. was turned into a human man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If someone put a spell on Kermit the Frog. And turned him into a real human boy, <laughs> man. This is who he would exactly look like. Exactly. I'm sure there is some like rule thirty four of that, and I'm sure it's not. He does not end up looking like this. But this is if if, if for real. If we're talking for real, yeah. the, all of that art of rule thirty four <laughs> Kermit Defrog is wrong unless he looks exactly like the actor playing this chef boy man. I've never been tempted to do this before in my life, but I I am looking up Rule 34 Kermit the Frog right now. I thought Rule 34 was there's porn of it. Oh. Yes. No, we don't want that. What's the one that if it's a cartoon character, there's a human version? It's not Rule 34. Oh, that's not what I was talking about at all. I was talking about the porn. Oh, you were just talking about porn. I was talking about if you could, because every, of course, when you make it into porn, it has to be anthropomorphized. Um... And Kermit is already anthropomorphized. Well, but like very anthropomorphized. 
Um, Isn't there and... an internet rule about human versions of things that aren't human? There is, but yeah. 34 is the only one yeah. that people remember because it's yeah. the one about where porn. there's yeah. porn of it. Yeah. Well, Ronnie is a dirty pervert. I and I told you I, I don't normally about. do this, and it's 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 bad. I'm 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 upset that I did it. I'm 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 xing out of it now. It's gone. Um. Was there yeah. any of him with Gonzo, or was it just Miss Piggy? Uh, there was some Fozzie. Ooh, yeah, that's a good, that's a good pairing. <laughs> yeah, I support that. Yeah, uh, he's a bottom, of course, Kermit. Um, oh well, yeah, I mean, he dates Miss Piggy. Sure. Anything else we have to say about? There's, n- there's no way Miss Piggy bottoms for anyone no, under any true. circumstance. Yeah, that's true. Uh, she's too powerful. What else? What else about uh, Gallivant? Sorry, now I'm just thinking of Muppets fucking. <laughs> I can I can give Roddy, you a link right now if you need me. to. You've touched my 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 brain in a bad way. Uh, boy, Gallivant's a good show. Um, it's good. It's fun. Yeah, I I mean, I don't. We've already kind of talked about our negatives, like like the Ricky Gervais episode fucking sucked. And, uh, you know, like, I don't particularly care for Gwen yet. She hasn't, like, mm-hmm. fully won me over. But those, that's, like, all I got to say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. We're going to watch more of it. Good. We're going to, we're going to watch the finale. Maybe we should just watch How many episodes are in season two? I, I want to say ten, but I could be wrong. I thought there were ten in well, episode in season one. Let's do three and then four and then four. Perfect. Look at that. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it, it's going to be like a weird situation where season one will end and then you know season two will begin. But but we did it. We did it like this because we didn't know it was a two season show. Wink. Episode episode eight of season one. What what, what happened to episode nine? Wink. Yeah. I'm winking. Okay, okay, Ronnie. We didn't know. I really, we had one rule when we started this damn podcast. Oh, we've already broken the rule multiple times. Many We're times. Already no. together. It hurts me every time. I'm a little sometimes. Good boy. I love breaking rules. I love it. I'm yeah, so I'm with. Good. I'm with you, Ronnie. It's always Andy who's like, let's be naughty. Let's do a two-season yeah. show. Yeah. I got some other two-season shows I want to do, y'all. No. You, you you are banned from picking for a little bit. Um, I got a, I got a list. I got a list ready. Why don't you list one-season shows? Yeah, make a list of one-season shows. I, uh, I exported a list from somewhere of shows that were canceled in 2021. So... That being said, I mean, that's probably our best bet, because like we talked about before, you can't find these one season shows anywhere. Can't find Mm -hmm. them. They're hidden. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants Um, them. You can follow us on Twitter at PenningPod, and you can go to wheretheymay.com to uh, visit our podcast network, Where They May Radio. Where They May Radio. Um, You can find the other- shows on the network and you can access our patreon and give us money um give us give us give us give us money 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 cool stuff coming up um we are going to be doing uh drunk episodes because of stretch goals we're going to be doing new podcasts because of stretch goals and we're going to be creating some new stretch goals um and it's all because stretch goal create a new stretch goal That's like starting a to-do list and putting create the to-do list at the top of it. Yeah, yeah, um, checking it right off. Our um, next stretch goal is create a new stretch goal. Forest Friends rewatch. Uh, fan fiction is good, actually. Good neighbors come in hot with their wrapping up of the first arc. Uh, do not miss that. Uh, all those you can find at wheretheymay.com uh, and go to patreon.com slash WTM radio to support all these shows and the creators making them. Uh, hey Andy, Ooh. how do we end these episodes? Uh, give give money to trans people. Just give it directly to trans people, cause shit is real bad right now, all across the U.S. It's it's fucking terrible. Just yes. 
just eat politicians and give money to trans people. It it is always okay to bully politicians. It is always yes. morally yeah. correct. If you see a politician in public, bully the shit out of them. Yeah. If you happen to be in a place in private where there's a politician, if you, if you are at a politician's house by happenstance, bully them. Yeah. Bully them. Point at them and go, boo! Mm -hmm. Boo! And tell them that they suck. Eggs. Where they may radio.